Dogs Doing Good by Detecting Doo-Doo. That story and more on H2O Radio's Weekly News Report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. The UN deems water as an essential human right, but could that right be in jeopardy if it's treated as a commodity like oil or gold? Last week, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange launched the country's first water market. Earther reports that it will allow hedge funds, cities, and farmers to gamble on the future price of water and the likelihood of scarcity. That means as climate change alters precipitation patterns or causes droughts, speculators on an exchange could influence the value of the precious resource. Yale 360 reports that proponents argue the new market will clear up some of the uncertainty around water prices for farmers and municipalities, helping them to budget for the resource. But others say treating water as a tradable commodity puts a basic human right into the hands of investors. Basav Sen at the Institute for Policy Studies told Arthur it's a cynical attempt to set up something like a casino so some people can make money from others suffering. For now, the water futures market covers just California, but according to courts, it will likely expand. Late last summer, so-called murder hornets were first spotted in North America. The giant insects can devastate colonies of honeybees by biting off their heads and taking their bodies and larvae back to their own colonies for food. But some bees have a trick up their wings to defend themselves. Researchers found that they use poop to ward off their invaders. Scientists observing honeybees in Asia watched as they flew onto dung piles of animals like water buffalo, gathered fecal material, and then placed it at the entrance of their hives. The hornets approached the dung-spotted hives hesitantly, touching down only briefly and then flitting away. The lead researcher, Heather Matilla of Wellesley College, said that it was shocking to think of bees walking around in feces because they are famous for their hygiene. But honeybees found in North America don't have the same skills as their counterparts in Asia. Making the discovery of a murder hornet nest in the Pacific Northwest earlier this year alarming. Drought in the Southwest has occurred for millennia. So how did the ancient people who lived in what is present-day Arizona and New Mexico get their water? New research by the University of South Florida found that ancestral Puebloans survived devastating droughts by descending into caves to melt ice. The study focused on one cave in New Mexico among many, which has a significant ice deposit 50 feet underground. The researchers noticed the ice had bands of soot and charcoal, and they thought it might have been been used as a water source. Using radiocarbon dating, the team found that the bands corresponded with years when droughts occurred. As far back as the second century, the ancestral Puebloans repeatedly went into the cave during dry times to light small fires and capture melting water, leaving charred material. The researchers are now racing against the clock as climate conditions are causing the cave ice to melt, resulting in the loss of ancient climate data. Plants use carbon dioxide to grow. The gas acts as a fertilizer that boosts photosynthesis, and it gets sequestered in leaves, tree trunks, and roots, which stops the CO2 from adding to the warming of the atmosphere. But a new study from the Spanish National Research Council shows that the fertilizing effect of carbon on plants is decreasing worldwide because of a lack of both water and nutrients. As CO2 increases in the air, plants can't continue to grow forever if the amount of water and nutrients don't also increase in parallel. The 
Researchers determined that plants slow down their growth in times of drought and when there are changes in the seasonality of rainfall, both of which are happening with the warming climate. As plants and trees stop taking in CO2 as fertilizer, there will be more of it in the atmosphere, which will accelerate global warming. And finally, southern resident orcas that live in the Pacific Northwest are endangered and only about 74 remain. Part of the reason for their decline is that increasingly many of the animals' pregnancies are ending in miscarriage, possibly from the stress of boat traffic, a lack of food, or toxins in the water. So to solve the mystery, a team of researchers from the University of Washington let the dogs out. As CNN reports, the Conservation Canines Program at the University has been training dogs to track orca poop, which, when analyzed in the lab, can reveal much about the marine mammal's health. Given canines' superior olfactory skills, the researchers have been bringing dogs on boats in Puget Sound. The pups perch themselves on the prow of the vessel and alert their handlers when they smell orca scat. But they have to act fast. Orca feces only float on the water for a few minutes, so the researcher's boat zigs and zags, responding to the changes in the dog's posture to snatch up samples before they sink. Having looked at the feces for the past few years, the researchers were able to determine that orcas who lost their pregnancies were significantly undernourished because they live off Chinook salmon, which themselves are threatened. But that wasn't the whole story. They discovered that pollutants like PCBs, DDT, tea and dioxins had accumulated in the fat of the killer whales over time, which likely led to pregnancy loss. Conservation canines have also helped track other animals, including wolves, bobcats, grizzly bears, as well as invasive plants. As for the dogs, sure, saving endangered species is a good day's work, but their reward for locating orca scat? Getting to play with their favorite ball. With your help, we will doggedly continue to report water news, so please chip in whatever you can so we don't lose out on a matching grant where all gifts will be doubled. Go to h2oradio.org to donate and thank you.